your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 500 of the Locked On New Year Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New Year Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you are hearing is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And before we really get rolling here today, I just got to go ahead and thank all you guys for tuning into this podcast as often as I know many of you do. Uh, whether you've caught all 500 episodes or this could be your first ever episode today or anywhere in between, whatever it might be, uh, again, just thank you so much for doing that. Uh, it does mean the world to me. And, uh, yeah, it's just been a lot of fun over these past couple of seasons here. You know, the episodes pile up really quickly when you do a daily podcast. And uh, this is our third season of Locked on New York Rangers. You know, we started in, let's see, that would have been 2019, 2020, and all the pandemic stuff. And then, of course, 2020, 2021, the shortened season, 56 games. And hopefully, uh, even though COVID is still around, we finally get a somewhat normal hockey season. Hopefully, this league could play all 82 games. But regardless of what happens, it's been an absolute blast getting to uh, – you know, basically go on this roller coaster with you guys. As Ranger fans, we know that it's always something for better or for worse with this team. There's never a lack of things to talk about when you come on here and you're ready to do an episode. So again, cannot thank you guys enough for, again, just tuning in and listening to the podcast. Uh, those of you who listen every day, thank you so much. And people who just listen sporadically, thank you to you as well. And anybody who's here for the first time, once again, welcome aboard. And uh, hopefully you can stick around. We tend to have a lot of fun on this show here together. But uh, I figure something that I want to do for the 500th episode here, you know, over the course of this season so far, obviously it's beginning to look like it's a pretty nice time to be a New York Ranger fan because coming into the season, the Rangers were the third youngest team in the league. And on top of that, you know, they had higher expectations coming into this season than they have in previous seasons. And this is the first time of the three seasons since we've been doing Locked On New York Rangers that I said, yes, I absolutely believe that this team can and will be a playoff team. And so far, it's certainly looking like that's going to be the case. Obviously, there's still a long way to go. And as we all know, anything can happen in this league. But the Rangers seem to have grown by leaps and bounds uh, from the previous couple of seasons into this season. And it certainly does seem to look like the sky is the limit, uh, certainly in the long term and maybe even in the short term too. And that kind of brings us to the theme of today's episode. It's something that I've been wanting to get to, and I figure uh, the 500th episode is a good time to do it. It's sort of uh, my holiday gift to everybody, so to speak. What I want to do is compare this current New York Ranger team, the 2021-2022 team, to the 2013-2014 New York Ranger team that, of course, went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Obviously, they lost to the Los Angeles Kings. But, you know, when the Rangers, you know, they come into this season and expectations are higher and you know, they go through that stretch, it's like, man, they've won six out of seven and then they've won, uh, you know, eight out of nine and then it goes all the way up to 11 out of 12. And, of course, they've slowed down a little bit in recent games and they've had this big break here. But the question that starts to jump into your head a little bit if you're a Ranger fan, inevitably what's going to happen is you're going to start asking yourself, like, yeah, wow, this definitely does look like a playoff team. Is it possible, possible that this team has arrived uh, ahead of schedule, quote-unquote, and that this team could be a Stanley Cup contender right here, right now. And that's a question that I'm going to kind of uh, take the long road as far as answering it is concerned. And what we're going to do, like I said, we're going to compare and contrast this team, this 
2021-2022 team to the 2013-2014 team that did indeed make it all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. I thought about doing the same exercise with the 1994 Cup winning team, but that team was on a whole nother level. I mean, just Hall of Famers up and down the lineup, All-Stars up and down the lineup. I don't think either uh, the 2014 team or this current team is quite on par with that squad, but that doesn't mean that this team can't do something amazing this season. So like I said, what we're going to do we're going to compare and contrast. And the way we're going to do this is we're going to look, we're going to go position by position. And it's not going to happen all in one episode. Today, we're going to zero in on the goalies and the defensemen. And then in a later episode, we'll take a look at the forwards. And eventually, like I said, we'll kind of just come to a conclusion. Is this Ranger team, are they actually better than the 2014 team that went to the finals? Are they about the same? Are they not quite as good? We'll come to a conclusion on that as well. And I don't know how this is going to go. We're kind of just going to go piece by piece here, like I said. Um, But for starters, you know, like I said, today's going to be the goalies and the defensemen. We will get to that. But first, let's go ahead and look at some general stats uh, for the Rangers from 2014, as well as the Rangers from here in 2021-2022. And first of all, you could just take a look at where they finished in the standings back then and where they are in the standings currently. Right now, the Rangers tied for fourth place in the Eastern Conference with 42 points, and obviously most of the season is still to come. But in 2013-2014, the Rangers finished fifth in the Eastern Conference with 96 points. And here's something else that's really interesting. If you take a look at the entire NHL in 2013-2014, there were actually a total of 11 teams in the league that finished in front of the Rangers in the standings as far as how many points they got. Now, most of them were in the Western Conference, but the Rangers that year, had they been a Western Conference team, they would have been the eighth and final team to make the playoffs in the Western Conference. And like I said, they finished fifth in the Eastern Conference. We all know what happened after that. They went on this crazy run, you know, the three games to one comeback against the Penguins. They take down the Montreal Canadiens in the conference finals. They beat the Flyers in the first round in a series that also went seven games. Just a complete, awesome, crazy ride. But as far as, you know, where they were in the regular season, they're actually in a better spot right now. And again, I know it's still relatively early in the season, but they are in a better spot now than where they finished back then. And that doesn't guarantee anything, but it's just fun to kind of compare and contrast and just know that, wow, this Ranger team is at least somewhat ahead of the Ranger team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals eight years ago. So that's... uh, that's pretty wild to think about. But uh, again, just kind of going through these team stats really quick here before we switch our attention to individual players. As far as goals per game, this season, the Rangers are 17th in the NHL, scoring 2.83 goals per game. In 2013-2014, the Rangers were 18th with 2.61 goals per game. So the Rangers, these current Rangers actually have the 2014 Rangers beat by, let's see, 0.22 goals per game, and uh, they are 17th this year, whereas they were 18th in 2014. As far as goals allowed per game, and again, some of these stats, they're going to be eerily similar for what they are now compared to what they were back then. The Rangers, as far as goals allowed per game, fifth best in the league at 2.53. In 2014, they were fourth best in the league at 2.32 goals per game. And a lot of that has a lot to do with stellar goaltending. But, you know, great defense on both teams as well. Uh, We'll get to all that in due time. But it's very interesting to see. Uh, Again, goals per game this season, 17th. Goals per game in 2014, they were 18th. And uh, goals allowed per game, fifth best in the league this year, fourth best in the league back in 2014. So eerily similar in both of those categories. Then, of course, you can look at the power play. This year, the Rangers, slow start, but they're all the way up to number six in the league at 25.6%. And they've got the 2014 Rangers beat by quite a bit in that department. In 2014, the Rangers were fifth, 15th in the league excuse me, at 18.2%. And they really went through a rough stretch in the playoffs where they could not score 
a power play goal to save their lives. They eventually rectified that situation. But between the series against the Flyers and most of the series against the Penguins, the Rangers could not score on the man advantage to save their lives. So the Rangers seem to have the edge uh, with this current group of, of players than they did back in 2014. As far as the penalty kill... This year, the Rangers are six in the NHL at 84.3%, and in 2014, they were even better. Uh, they were third in the league at 85.3%. So penalty killing, a big-time strength for this current Ranger team as it was back in 2014. Uh, shots on goal per game, a little bit of an overrated stat to be sure, but I still think uh, you know there's some merit in shots per game. It gives you an idea of you know, how these games are going on a game-to-game basis throughout the start of the season. But uh, this is an area where the 2014 team has a massive advantage. In 2014, the Rangers were second in the NHL with 33.2 shots per game. And this season, they are 28th in the NHL at 28.7 shots per game. So like I said, a pretty sizable advantage for the squad back in 2014. And then you've got face-off winning percentage. You guys know I'm big on that stat. Uh, the Rangers this year have won 47.2% of their draws. That is 27th in the league. Uh, so they've actually moved up from where they were earlier in the season. But in 2014, the Rangers still less than half. They won 48.8%. That was 22nd in the league back in 2014. And one other thing that really kind of stands out here, the Rangers in 2014... It feels like that team, as far as the forwards are concerned, had a little bit more balance up and down the lineup. It felt like they had like an entire team of second-line players, basically. They lacked the bonafide superstar forwards like the Rangers have now with guys like Panarin and Zibanejad and maybe even Kreider with the season that he's having so far. Uh, but they didn't have anybody in 2014 that was even a point-per-game player. In fact, nobody really even got all that close. The guy who got the closest was Matty Zuccarello, 59 points in 77 games. So I thought that was interesting as well. And, you know, you look at this season, I mean, there's multiple players that could be point-per-game guys. Uh, Kreider has a chance. Panarin, I think, certainly will be. Zibanejad has a chance. Maybe Ryan Strom and uh, Adam Fox. Adam Fox at the defenseman position has a chance to be a point-per-game player. So pretty wild to think about. And like I said, I wanted to just kind of do a quick, brief overview of the team stats before we got into the individual players. We will get to the goalies and the defensemen in just a second here. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel that you need to bust down those malls and battle all the holiday shoppers. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you'll need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And I figure we might as well go ahead and kind of, uh, you know, get into the position-by-position battles and try to determine which team was better, uh, the 2014 squad that went to the finals or this 2021-2022 team that, you know, the story is yet to be written. We're only about a third of the way through the season, uh, right around there, and we'll see how it all shakes out. But we'll go ahead and we'll look at the goalies first, and I think you got to start with the starting goalie, and you've got Henrik Lundqvist versus Igor Shesterkin. And as far as Henrik Lundqvist is concerned, I mean, I don't even know what to say about him that hasn't already been said by myself, other 
fans, other sports media personalities. I mean, he's one of the all-time greats, one of the best goalies to ever lace up a pair of skates. I think it's an absolute crime that he didn't win at least one Stanley Cup. You go back to 2014, and he was in his prime, 31 years old. He had a 236 goals against average that season to go with a 922 save percentage and five shutouts. Uh, just an outstanding goalie by any metric, any stat, any kind of eye test. I mean, just watch the guy play. Uh, absolutely phenomenal, and uh, just a class act all the way as well. So we are very familiar with Henrik Lundqvist's resume. Igor Shesterkin, I mean, listen— his story is still being written. He's still in the first couple of chapters, in fact, but he's off to a great start and off to a great start this season as well. 937 save percentage, 2.05 goals against average, and one shutout. I really do think the sky is the limit. And it just goes to show how spoiled we Ranger fans really are because we go from one of the all-time greatest goalies, once again, to ever play the game, a guy who was a slam dunk Hall of Famer, and we go right to another goalie who has that kind of potential and that kind of upside. Listen, Igor Shesterkin still has a long, long way to go before I think we can really start comparing him and Henrik Lundqvist. But hey, so far, so good. I think the only thing that really gives you any pause or any reason for concern or anything like that is just the simple fact that Igor Shesterkin has been susceptible to some injuries early in his career. And you obviously keep your fingers crossed and you hold your breath that that doesn't become, you know, a serious problem. But so far, if you just look at what he's done on the ice, yeah, I mean, he's been he's been fantastic. One of the absolute best goalies in hockey. So we'll see how it goes. But even though Igor Shesterkin is off to a heck of a start, and I should probably explain something real quick here as well. We're going to come to a verdict with every single one of these positions, and I'm going to either give a big edge to the 2014 Rangers, a big edge to the 2021 New York Rangers, or a slight edge to the 2014 Rangers, or a slight edge to the 2021 Rangers. And a big edge is worth two points. A slight edge is worth one point. At the end, we're going to tally everything up and you know see how it all shakes out. But for this one, I got to give a big edge to the 2014 Rangers. And I do this with all apologies to Igor Shesterkin. Uh, I've been very bullish on him really ever since he made his debut. I think he's going to be a phenomenal goalie in this league. But I think one of the biggest reasons, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, really. Uh, for starters, you go back to 2014, and Henrik Lundqvist, that was not, you know, his first taste of playoff action. He had been in a lot of playoff series before then. He had won some playoff series. He had gone to overtime in the playoffs. He had, uh, you know, helped the Rangers upset a couple of teams uh, at, at different points in his career. And so by then, you know, he was already playoff battle tested, and it felt like that really might be the year that the King got to raise the cup. Like I said, 31 years old, he was in his prime. He was absolutely fantastic. He knew he wasn't going to be blinded by the bright lights of the playoffs. I don't think Igor Shesterkin would be blinded by the bright lights of the playoffs either, but that's just the thing. I don't know that for sure. There's nothing about Igor Shesterkin that makes me think that he would start shaking in his skates in the, in the middle of a playoff game or anything like that. But with Henrik Lundqvist, we knew for a fact this guy was born for this. He, he was born for prime time, and he's ready to go uh, when the— Lights are brightest, and if you look at Henrik Lundqvist's career stats, they're actually better in the playoffs than they were in the regular season. I think that tells you everything that you need to know. And so despite Igor Shesterkin being off to a fantastic start, despite the fact that he's in the mix for a Vezina this year, and despite the fact that I think he's going to you know, become a heck of a goalie. I mean, he already is, but I think he's going to become a, a truly elite goalie year in and year out in this league. Despite all that, I still got to give a big edge to the 2014 Rangers that once again were led by a phenomenal goalie who was in the prime of his career in Henrik Lundqvist. So, yep, big edge to the 2014 Rangers. As far as the backup goalie is concerned, you've got Alex Georgiev from 2021 against Cam Talbot from 2014. Talbot was phenomenal this season. He ended up playing 21 games 
had a 164 goals against average, a 941 save percentage, and three shutouts. So he was absolutely fantastic. He got to play for a little while when Henrik Lundqvist was out of the lineup with uh, a slight injury. You know, Lundqvist didn't get injured very often, but Talbot was there to kind of pick up the slack when he was out of the lineup, and he was fantastic. Alex Georgiev this season, he's obviously played a heck of a lot better since he's been the de facto starter in Igor Shosturkin's absence. Uh, 287 goals against average, 902 save percentage. I'm going to give a slight edge to 2014 and to Cam Talbot because, again, Talbot was phenomenal that year. It's very, very easy to forget about the video game S numbers that he put up because, I mean, you, you think of that 2014 team, you don't really think of Cam Talbot. You think of Henrik Lundqvist and you think of, uh, you know, guys like Matty Zuccarello and Rick Nash and, you know, Kreider was there, obviously, and defensemen like McDonough and Girardi. We'll get to those guys in a second as well. But he's just not the first player that comes to mind. But he was absolutely fantastic. There was not a better goal, excuse me, a better backup goalie in hockey that year than Cam Talbot. So I got to give a slight edge to 2014. I do think, you know, if the Rangers had to go to Alex Georgiev in the playoffs this year, he could be up to the task, especially if, you know, Igor Shosturkin is out of the lineup and he's injured and he's not going to be coming back and obviously knock on wood and hope that that doesn't happen. But if that is the case, I think Alex Georgiev, he has shown you that when he knows he's going to be the guy and he's going to be in net night in and night out, he could play some pretty good hockey. So I do like... uh Georgiev in that situation, in that scenario. Hopefully it doesn't come to that because we want Igor Shosturkin out there, but I still got to give the slight edge to Cam Talbot and the 2014 New York Rangers in that department. And we'll continue this with the defenseman in just a second. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues the march through college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So do not wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we just did the goalies. We'll go ahead and move on to the defense pairings here. And we've got a really fun one right out of the starting blocks. And we're going to be taking a look at the Top defense pairing for both teams, the 2021 team as well as the 2014 team. I mean, I say 2021. If the Rangers actually make it to the Stanley Cup Finals, it'll be 2022, but I think you guys know what I'm talking about. But anyway, uh, top pairing for both teams. You've got Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren on this current team, and you've got Ryan McDonough and Dan Girardi on the 2014 team, two of my all-time favorite defense pairings that this New York Ranger franchise has ever produced, or at least since I've been a fan, you know, becoming a fan at the age of, I think I was like seven years old. Uh, But yeah, I mean, we can look at this one by one here. I mean, Fox and Lindgren, show me a better young defense pairing in the NHL right now than Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren. I really don't think you can, because to begin with, Adam Fox is fresh off of winning the Norris Trophy, and that goes to the best defenseman in the league, and I think it went to the right guy this past season. He might very well win it again this season. I know Kale McCarr is having an amazing season. Uh, Victor Hedman always does Victor Hedman things. It's almost starting to get a little bit boring with Victor Hedman, because you're just so used to him being an elite defenseman year in and year out, and you know that Tampa Bay Lightning team is so good to begin with, but yeah, I mean, Adam Fox, listen, if he's not the best defenseman in the NHL right now, he's certainly in the conversation. And uh, so that obviously is a heck of a leg up for this current Ranger defense pairing. But Ryan Lindgren, as anyone who watches this team is well aware, 
No slouch either. Heck of a defenseman. Gives you some of that old school toughness, that snarl. Uh, call it whatever you want to call it, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Probably leads the NHL in uh, his own blood being spilled on the ice. Brings it every single night. Hard-nosed old school player. And uh, somebody who, you know, was a big tough physical, tough to play against kind of player on the Rangers before they really kind of went in that direction this offseason. Went out of their way to add more guys like that who fit that description. Um, so Ryan Lindgren, great player. Underrated offensive skill as well. And then with McDonough and Girardi, uh, listen, phenomenal defense and both big guys, both physical. I don't know that they brought the same kind of nastiness the way that Ryan Lindgren does. And at this point, I would still say that Ryan McDonough and Dan Girardi in 2014 were better players than Ryan Lindgren currently is for the New York Rangers. But I don't know. There's just something about that Fox-Lindgren pairing. I just love the way the two of them complement each other. You know, they play different styles, but it just clicks. Whereas I think with McDonough and Girardi, we're somewhat similar to one another. And not that that's a bad thing at all. Uh, they both obviously were phenomenal players and both big parts of why the Rangers went on the run that they went on. And you know, we talked about how great Henrik Lundqvist was back then. We talked about how awesome Cam Talbot is when he had to step in uh, when Henrik Lundqvist was out of the lineup and the numbers that he put up in that season. A big part of that is that there were great defensemen on this New York Ranger team as well. And that was led by Ryan McDonough and Dan Girardi. So I'm kind of torn here, but I, I think I got to give it to Fox and Lindgren. I mean, as great as McDonough and Girardi were, neither one of them ever won a Norris. And I don't know. I'm just leaning toward Fox and Lindgren. It's, it's close, but I think I got to give uh, a little bit of an advantage to, you know, the Norris Trophy winner and Adam Fox and one of the better young defensemen in the league than Ryan Lindgren. I, I suppose something that you could put in favor of uh, McDonough and Girardi is the simple fact that they had been to the playoffs before. That's going to be a theme here. The 2014 team had more uh, playoff experience cumulatively than this current New York Ranger team does, but I still got to give the slight edge to the 2021 pairing of Fox and Lindgren. Uh, I said, you know, when Fox and Lindgren were both kind of coming along and they were both in their rookie seasons, I really thought that they had the chance, they had the upside to be the best New York Ranger defense pairing since Leach and Bukaboom, and I still stand by that. I think that what we've seen from both of these guys in recent seasons just makes you even more convinced that they have that kind of upside. They can be that good. And again, it's nothing against Girardi and McDonough. They were both tough as nails, both huge, huge parts of why the Rangers made it to the finals in 2014. Uh, I know that Girardi scuffled a little bit in the Stanley Cup finals against the Los Angeles Kings, but I do think he was playing injured for a lot of that. And I think that kind of contributed to him scuffling a little bit in the Stanley Cup finals uh, against the Kings. And again, McDonough and Girardi can't say enough about the job that they did. Block shot machines, they both were. Um, and two of my favorite players on that 2014 team. But again, slight edge to Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren. And if we move on to the second pairing here, second defense pairing in 2021 as well as 2014, you've got Keandre Miller and Jacob Truba right now. And back then in 2014, you had Mark Stahl and Anton Strawman. With Miller and Truba, I mean, it's an interesting pairing. I think they work pretty well together. You've got a kid, you've got a veteran, or at least a veteran by Ranger standards, you know, Jacob Truba into his late 20s now. Uh, but, you know, both of them can kill penalties. Both of them can play on the power play if you need them to do that. They both have size. Truba's got the nastiness, the snarl that Ranger fans all love so much. And, you know, Miller's got some pretty serious upside. He was a member of the all-rookie team last year, and I think a solid sophomore season so far this year. And I, I've said this in the past, but I really think if, you know, the Rangers didn't have Adam Fox, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm absolutely thrilled that we do have Adam Fox, and it only took two second-round draft picks to get him here. But if Adam Fox is not a New York Ranger, I think you'd see Keandre Miller get a little bit more attention than he does. Uh, just a rock-solid player, and, uh, you know, obviously a huge reason why the Rangers have one of the best top four defensemen 
quartets in the entire league, I would say. You know, without going through all the teams, I would say, yeah, they are that good. Um, then you look at Saul and Strawman. I mean, look, both uh, really tough players. You're not going to get any offense out of this pairing, but they were very, very steady for that Ranger team. Uh, Strawman was tough as nails, man, as tough as they came. And uh, Mark Stahl, you know, good. I always feel like maybe Stahl was just at least a little bit overrated, and I hate to do that to somebody retroactively here, but, you know, people used to talk about him like he was this elite defenseman bordering on top 10 in the league. I never really saw him at that level, but he was very good, and he was a big part of that team as well, and so was Anton Strawman. Uh, Anton Strawman definitely overachieved that season, became a very, very reliable member of the Ranger blue line, and Mark Stahl, you know, steady as always, a uh, longtime tenured Ranger, and uh, a big reason why the Rangers made it to the Stanley Cup Finals that season. I am going to give a slight edge to 2021. I would take Jacob Truba of any of the four defensemen that I mentioned. Again, Keandre Miller, Jacob Truba, and then Mark Stahl and Anton Strawman. I'd take Truba over any of them. I just think he brings more to the table. Uh, he's established himself as a leader in the New York Ranger locker room. Dude's tough. He brings a snarl. Uh, obviously, just a nasty hitter, as we've all seen in recent games, recent weeks, and what have you. What's interesting to me about uh, this comparison here, though, between the two pairings, I think maybe Mark Stahl and Anton Strawman would be a slightly safer pick. They, as a duo, had a higher floor because you pretty much knew what you were going to get from both players night in and night out, whereas Keandre Miller still kind of finding his way in this league. You know, he does have a hiccup every now and then, but he's got tremendous upside, and by the time the playoffs roll around this season, I mean, he could be even better than he is right now. And I think with Miller and Truba, they both are more likely to contribute offensively. Not that that's the end-all, be-all, but they're both more likely to contribute offensively than Mark Stahl and Anton Strawman would have been back in 2014. And if one of these pairings is really going to stand out, really kind of jump off the screen at you, and maybe even be a significant reason why you win a playoff series, I think it's Ke'Andre Miller and Jacob Truba over Mark Stahl and Anton Strawman. So uh, again, not a tremendous edge, but I will give a slight edge to the 2021 duo of Ke'Andre Miller and Jacob Truba. And that just leaves us with the third defense pairing for today, and that is going to be the 2021 duo of Patrick Nemeth and Nils Lundqvist against the 2014 duo of John Moore and Kevin Klein. With Nemeth and Lundqvist, you know, th this whole matchup, this third defense pairing, it's a pretty tough matchup to call here because it kind of goes back to something I said about Keandre Miller a second ago. Are we going to get Nils Lundqvist as he currently is? You know, the guy who's still kind of getting his feet wet in the NHL, the guy who's been a healthy scratch a couple of times. You know, he was sick not too long ago and had to come out of the lineup for that reason, but he's been a healthy scratch at least a couple of times this season. So are we getting Nils Lundqvist as he currently is or Nils Lundqvist as he could be a few months from now once he starts to get a little bit more acclimated to the NHL, starts to get a little bit more comfortable, starts to really kind of, uh, you know, see the game a little bit better and slow everything down a little bit, uh, how much better will he be come playoff time? We don't know the answer to that for sure. We'll do our best to kind of uh, project that for the purposes of this exercise. With John Moore and Kevin Klein, I mean, it's a couple of veteran journeyman defensemen. They did a pretty nice job for the Rangers while they were here. Uh, but, you know, for me, for the third defense pairing, I think what you're really looking for is you just want steady play and even though for the second pairing, you know, I went with the upside combo of Miller and Truba over the safe floor duo of Stahl and Strawman, I think for the third defense pairing, I want the safe floor duo. And to me, that's going to be John Moore and Kevin Klein. Neither of these guys were superstars. I mean, it was almost like having two Patrick Nemeths in a way, although I would argue that probably both Moore and Klein were a little bit better in the Rangers' cup year or cup finals year than Patrick Nemeth has been this, so far this season. And neither Klein nor Moore were on the Rangers for that long. I believe Klein was here for four years. John Moore was here for three years. 
but I thought they were both just steady defensemen uh, throughout that run, and, and really... That's kind of what you want, I think, from your third defense pairing. I don't have to hold my breath when my third defense pairing is on the ice. And I don't really feel like we as Ranger fans had to do it all that much with John Moore and Kevin Klein. Again, not superstars, but just solid players. Uh, with Nemeth, you know, he's had his ups and downs this season. I think overall he's been okay. Uh, but with Nils Lundqvist right now, the idea of him in a playoff series, it is a little bit scary. And look, who knows? Maybe he scores an overtime in, uh, you know, a game six or a game seven and wins the game for you. I mean, he does have upside for sure. But right now, you know, I, again, from, for your third defense pairing, I just want a safe floor and steady play. And to me, there's a better chance of getting that from John Moore and Kevin Klein than there is from Patrick Nemeth and Nils Lundqvist. So I'm going to give the slight edge to the 2014 duo of John Moore and Kevin Klein. And that will pretty much do it for today, guys. We'll keep a tally of the score as we go. Like I said, in a future episode, we're definitely going to take a look at the forwards from 2014 as well as the forwards for 2021. But once again, I just wanted to thank everybody so much. Uh, it's been an absolute blast doing this podcast. You know, you blink and next thing you know, we're in our third season of this and it's episode number 500. So uh, again, thank you guys so much for being a part of this. Hope everyone's really been enjoying the holidays here. And I uh, hope everybody enjoyed today's episode. And we will once again cover the forwards in a future episode. But in our next one, we're probably going to take a look at the World Juniors. I've actually, it's Sunday as I'm recording this, and I've actually got one of the World Junior games on. Uh, Sweden and Russia going back and forth here. So, uh, yeah, definitely going to be tuning in for Canada and the United States a little bit later tonight. We will discuss that in our next episode as well. The other bit of news from Rangerland is that Patrick Nemeth, Ryan Lindgren, and Alex Georgiev are all in the COVID protocol. Uh, Nemeth we knew about, but now Lindgren and Georgiev have been added as well. So in our next episode, I think we're definitely going to take a look at what this means for the Rangers and how they might look to kind of compensate for not having Lindgren, Georgiev, and Nemeth in the lineup. Hopefully it involves Zach Jones, but we'll talk about that, like I said, in the next episode. And uh, we'll also be talking about the World Juniors as well. But that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms.